Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Today, we're here with James Yagallo, and James is CEO of Hempstaff, which is an industry staffing agency. We're going to hear more about that. We're going to hear more about James's background. We're going to talk a little bit about bud tending, which I'm excited about. I think it's a really interesting topic and an important role for the industry as we go forward. So, James, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me here. So why don't we start with just getting a little bit of sense of who you are, what your personal and professional background is, how you got into cannabis, and then let's talk a little bit about Hempstaff. Sure. I, um, you know, when I started Hempstaff in 2014, at the time, I had been a IT recruiter for about 15 years. I reside in Florida, mm-hmm. and in 2014, it looked like medical marijuana was going to come to Florida. So I, you know, like a lot of people, wanted to get in the industry. Yep. I uh, also, like a lot of people, found out I couldn't afford to own a cultivation center <laughs> or dispensary. Yes. So, so then my uh, next task was to figure out how else I could get into the industry. Yeah. I figured, you know, why not do something I already knew how to do, which was recruiting. I went out to a bunch of different trade shows and marijuana conferences and met with people that were looking to get into Florida and found that there was a need for recruiting in the cannabis industry. And it wasn't really something that was done at a mass level yet. Sure. At that point, Hempstaff was created. We went a little further. I uh, actually founded the company with my wife, Rosie. and. She uh, actually had done hospitality corporate training in the past. And what we found from a lot of people was that their dispensary workers were not knowledgeable. Yeah. 
um, especially out in Colorado, California. That was a big complaint of a lot of owners. Yeah. So we formed uh, the dispensary training course in 2014 as well that we, uh, you know, have been doing over the past four years as well, mostly newer markets to create, you know, some knowledge of dispensaries for these hundreds of new workers coming into the industry in a new state. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about what you actually cover in the course. How do you, what are the, what's the training look like for a bud tender? Are you putting them through obstacle courses and making them do pull-ups or what's the, what's the content and how do you do it? Sure. Um, you know, we basically, we start with the regulations of the state. Yeah. Each of our training is customized for that state because everything's a little different state to state. Mm-hmm. The meat of the course is really the science of cannabis. Yeah. We really dive into the cannabinoids. We cover like the top dozen. We dive into the terpenes. We cover, you know, the top dozen of those. We cover the top couple dozen cannabis products. Okay. So a lot of people don't realize there's products like suppositories and inhalers, creams and, you know, patches and topicals. And so we really, you know, dive into all those. And then we relate all those to the ailments associated with the medical conditions for that state's program. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, can go through and say this cannabinoid is best for insomnia or anxiety. And these products are, you know, best for someone, you know, with, you know, skin ailment or, you know, maybe if they're having problems with nausea. So we break down each cannabinoid, terpene, and product related to the ailment. We then go into how to speak to the patient, mm-hmm. how to you know comfortably get information from them without violating any HIPAA privacy laws okay. or yeah. making them feel uncomfortable in any way. We want them to you know have a conversation and get them to tell you what relief they're looking for. Yep. So discuss you know the proper way to interact with patients. We uh, briefly go over the operations of a dispensary, how they're going to have to know inventory and POS and yep. how it's mostly a cash business. Yeah. And at the end of the course, we uh, give them a resume template that we found works very well for the cannabis industry. And uh, they can send us the resume after the course for a resume review. And we also give them tips on where to find jobs in the industry Okay. and uh, give them the state's license e-information. So we give them a list of all the licensed companies, uh, their contact information, their websites, if they posted jobs where we've seen them post jobs. At the end of the course, we do have a test. Mm-hmm. If the student passes with 75% or better, they get a Hempstaff certification, which they can then list on their resume and also puts them in our recruiting database in case we get any jobs in our area as well. Got it. So it sounds like the, the course is kind of a freestanding product which people that are interested in becoming bud tenders would take to learn, get kind of trained on both the kind of science aspect as well as the actual dispensary operations and customer service piece. And then separately, you've got a business who is focused on working with dispensary owners who are looking for staff and doing actual placements, some of which are people you've trained, some of which maybe are not. Correct. Our recruiting actually recruits for all businesses, cultivation, processing, got the testing labs, dispensaries, any licensed cannabis business. And into training, we actually... I'd say two thirds of people looking for jobs, but one third, maybe patients looking to get more information on cannabis. We've even had a lot of doctors come in because the doctor courses sometimes, you know, a lot of times actually we're told aren't as in-depth as our course. So we get doctors to come to us just to get more information. Even owners come to us. Um, A lot of times then they'll send their employees after they realize, you know, the depth our class covers as well. Yeah. And this is all online or how are you delivering the program? These are actually all classroom style. Oh, okay. Travel to each state. All of our trainers have at least five years in the legal cannabis industry and at least two years as a dispensary manager. And uh, we basically rent out a hotel conference room for the day. Our classes are four hours and we do two in a day. Mm-hmm. And we just you know, travel around the country. Basically, a different Saturday, we're in a different city 
And uh, we just, like I said, mostly focus on the newer places where there's going to be a lot of employees hired all at once and not a lot of experience working in a dispensary. So, okay, so you can actually sort of swarm into the area and train train a group of people for a particular client or for a particular dispensary. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or just in an area where there's going to be a lot of job openings. Like, for example, we were just in Ohio because they just licensed 40 some dispensaries. They'll all be hiring at once. Got it. And are you doing are you doing public? These are open enrollment public classes or are these private people hire you to train their group of people? These are public classes. Okay. We charge two forty nine to attend the course. Got it. Got it. But uh, yeah, you just purchase it right on our website. Interesting. Yeah, there's a. I think the physician side is interesting. We had uh, someone on the podcast who we were describing. You were talking about the product. He'd like to say that you know if, if there's a surface or a hole, we'll figure out how to get cannabis in it. You know, <laughs> so there's, there's so many different things, so many different ways to consume and to ingest Absolutely. cannabis. That uh, you know that side of it alone is is really quite daunting. I think for the, I mean, even the somewhat experienced cannabis user going into the dispensaries these days. I mean, the the variety and options and um, oh, you yeah. know the myriad of of products and variables on the products is is pretty daunting. So uh, in, t- in terms of the the course itself, what do you think are the big kind of challenges or where where do you see the challenges around the bud tending role itself? Is it is it the science side? Is it understanding all these kind of products? Is it the customer kind of relationship management, like how to kind of understand a customer's needs and customer's desired outcomes and get them to the right products? Which, where do you see as being the challenge for most folks? Um, the challenge is definitely on the science side for yeah. the most part. I mean, 85% pass our test on the first attempt, but yeah. the ones that don't, they're generally missing the questions of the cannabinoids more than anything. I think because the acronyms are so similar, you know, you got yeah. THCT, THCV, CBD, CBN, CBG. So, you know, if you've <laughs> Alphabet never soup, seen, as we like to say. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. if you've never seen these acronyms before, and it is a closed book test. So, uh, you know, a lot of times that is where people get tripped up more than anything. Yeah. Sometimes they get tripped up with, you know, speaking to uh, the patient. And sometimes that leads to someone after they take our course decide dispensary is not really for them. Yeah. They didn't really realize they were going to be dealing with sick people all day. And maybe they'd rather go work on the cultivation side. So that does happen as well. And, I, and I'm curious about that piece in kind of two modes. One is what's your kind of take or kind of summary of what the bud tender role? Like, what is it really like? Like, if, if you're thinking about becoming a bud tender or you know, you're you're trying to say you're a, a dispensary owner and you're looking at hiring bud tenders. Like, how do you encapsulate that role and how do you describe that role well? Well, you know, the first thing we do teach, especially in the medical markets, is compassion. Interesting. So, you know, you people coming in there in a medical market, especially the ones east of Mississippi, are a little more strict mm-hmm. in getting a card. So those people are truly, you know, sicker than you'll see in Colorado, especially in recreational markets. Yeah. So compassion is very important for this person. Um, a lot of times these people may be older and have never really used marijuana much. So you got to know, you know, how to explain the products to them properly. You got to be a cannabis product specialist. So you got to know the worst thing you can do is give someone the wrong product or tell them how to use it incorrectly. Yeah. So you got to make sure they're getting the right product and you got to make sure they understand the proper dosage. And if either of those things are screwed up, there's a good chance that person ain't coming back to you. Yeah. Let's talk about dosage a little bit. Like how, in terms of your kind of strategy or how you advise bud tenders, how, how do you, because I think that's one of the big challenges right now in terms of the market. I go, I go to my physician, I get this letter, that authorization to use cannabis, the state gives me some kind of card and then show up a dispensary 
And now I've got to figure out like, well, what do I take? How much? How often? When? You know, there's all these kind of questions. Right. How, how does a bud tender successfully navigate that decision-making matrix kind of process? Yeah, absolutely. And that is the you know hardest thing about a bud tender's job because like a pharmacist is just filling a prescription. They know exactly. how much to give you. Bud tender or dispensary agent doesn't. So um, a lot of times we have certain recommendations for, you know, stuff like flour or whatever for smoking. We say, you know, take one hit, wait a half hour, see how you liked it. Yeah. If you need more, take another one, wait another half hour. So low and slow is always the way to go. Got it. We even recommend on uh, other products that may have uh, recommended dosage on the label mm -hmm. to do half that first. Yeah. Half that, wait for the time it takes to kick in, especially with edibles. That's where new patients yeah. get trouble the most. Yeah. You got to make sure they understand only eat one square of that candy bar. It may taste delicious, yeah. but go buy a Hershey's bar <laughs> to eat. Don't eat the rest of that bar. <laughs> Otherwise, you should sell You should sell them in, in uh, packages so that you right. have, it's like, here's here's what to satisfy the sweet tooth with. This <laughs> is the medicated version. Don't, uh, exactly, don't yes. get caught up. So yeah, yeah. Once again, I mean, we recommend take, you know, five milligrams of an edible, wait 90 minutes. And if you need more, yeah. then take another five milligrams. And, you know, it's going to be, it may not give them the best effect for the first couple weeks, but in a couple weeks, they're going to find that sweet spot for them and know what amount is yeah. good for their ailment to take. Yeah. But you never want to overdose them in the beginning, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's tough to recover. I know overdose experience can, can really kind of kill the kill the product for you. Yeah, especially for a new user. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about strains and varieties and stuff. Like, how do you navigate the different um, types of cannabis or the different strains of cannabis mm -hmm. in terms of advising or figuring out what you would be suggested use based on conditions? Sure. Yeah. You know, the strains back in the day, everyone was about sativa and indica. Yeah. These days, everything is so cross-bred that, you know, you don't see the, you know, straight on indicas or sativas too much anymore. And that's where those cannabinoids and terpenes come in. More and more states are starting to list more and more cannabinoids and terpenes on the testing labels. So that's where our, our class knowledge really comes in. They can look at it. And for example, this person says, you know, they have a really hard time sleeping. CBNs are good to cannabinoid to go to sleep. So you look at what strains you have the highest percentage of CBN and you'd recommend that strain for nighttime. Yeah. You know, if they want a, a strain where they may have to go to work and, you know, don't want to be too out of it, you're going yeah. to want to look for one with a lower THC, you know, for their daytime. So, you know, there's different things you can look at with that. And as well, the terpenes to a milder effect also have medicinal effects. So not only will you know the flavor by the different terpene, but it may, you know, help them with relaxation if there's some linalool in it, which is like a lavender that helps people you know, relax because those yeah. are essential oils and they work just like essential oils. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't gotten too much into terpenes. So I think that's a, it's an interesting concept that it's really, it's, it's kind of a two part matrix. It's the cannabinoids mm -hmm. and then the terpenes and how they interact in different ways. And Absolutely. Uh, I can yeah. see that being pretty complicated <laughs> being a bud tender and kind of figuring out this, this map of all the different variables. But also I think that, I mean, how, how much do you find uh, that your inventory, that a lot of this is kind of figuring out depending on what you have. I mean, a, a lot oh, of yeah. dispensaries only have certain inventory and that inventory is flexing a little bit over time based on availability. So it sounds like a lot of this is you kind of have to start with, well, what are the options that you have to, to give a user and then figure out based on these issues or based on these questions, how to navigate to the right product. Absolutely. And that is something uh, that we teach our course as well. During your slow times, you should be brushing up on the inventory of your store. 
So, you know, you aren't just staying around doing nothing. Know what you have in stock. Know what you're almost out of. Know what the next shipment coming in contains so that you are, you know, up to date on, oh, sorry, we don't have any topicals. We only have these patches right now. But topicals are coming in Wednesday if you want to come back. So, yeah, inventory is extremely important. You know, and and inventory can change, like especially with strains. You get purple diesel in one week and it has 28 percent THC the next week. It might only have 22 percent. So once again, yeah. those labels are important because one strain is not the same from batch to batch. Yeah, that's another, I think, tough one. And, I'm, you know, there's various efforts I know of in the industry to try to figure out how to create consistent product. But, uh, you know, we're dealing with a situation currently where the products are, are quite inconsistent production, the production process, mm-hmm. the, the processing, you know, processes that are in place are trying to, but they're still not perfect at delivering super consistent products. So I think that's good. It gives me a sense of kind of the product side and the product matrix and how do you advise Tell me a little bit about the recruiting side. Like when you are looking at people to become bud tenders, what are the things you're looking for? Are there, you mentioned this thing of, of compassion, but what mm-hmm. else are you looking for in terms of skills, experiences, attitudes, behaviors? Like what tells you that you have found someone who might be a good bud tender and what tells you that you found someone that might not? Like what are your kind of warning signs on that? Yeah, I mean, passion for cannabis absolutely goes a long way in this yeah. industry. So, you know, we see someone that has passion for cannabis. We know they're usually nine out of 10 times going to be a good bud tender. Yeah. On the opposite side, if, you know, the person that just, you know, doesn't look professional, you know, Mm -hmm. uses a lot of slang terms, usually they're not going to be the best behind the counter for that. They're probably going to be better off in a cultivation side. Got it. Because, you know, especially now this, like you said, dispensers are the face of the industry. Yeah. So they want to exude professionalism. Yeah. So that's really what a lot of people are looking for. In an interview, they want professionalism. Now, to get to that interview, there's a couple different sides of what people want. Some dispensary owners really like to look for people that have medical experience, like nurses, pharmacist assistants, stuff like that. The other side is that some other dispensary owners just want retail and customer service experience. So we get both those sides when recruiting for our clients. Got it. In terms of, I guess, where do you see the market right now? I mean, you you know, you started this business when you saw you know, things kind of coming into Florida. Is this uh, there's no end to the demand? Are you you know looking like how how do you generate demand for both of your businesses, both the both the training and the placement services? How are you seeing it? Is it generally growing? Is it you know morphing or shifting in different ways? Tell me about the industry. Yeah, it's definitely growing. I mean, as each new state approves a program, yeah. you you got an influx of people that need to be trained. So, you know, that helps our, you know, training programs right there. Like right now we're scheduling several classes in Oklahoma because they just approved yeah. medical marijuana and they all actually don't even have a cap on their licenses. So they could open up hundreds <laughs> of dispensaries. So, Wild West. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, and it's only a $2,000 application fee. So they're going to get a lot of applications. Yeah as well. So, you know, a place like that, you know, the training is going to be very necessary because there's going to be influx of jobs. Yeah. As well, a lot of these people are going to get licenses and not really have a master grower. So they're going to contact recruiting companies and say, hey, I got my license. Now I need someone that's willing to move to Oklahoma for a hundred grand a year and be my master grower. Yeah. So the recruiting side definitely picks up as a state picks up. And on the other hand, as a state matures and a company gets bigger, the recruiting picks up. In the beginning, a lot of companies are hesitant to use recruiters unless they really have someone they can't find. Mm -hmm. But as they start making more money, 
and they start realizing that they get one to 200 resumes in for every opening, <laughs> yeah. they start to realize the value of a recruiter in saving them hours and hours of time per position. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once they, it's the cost, it's their cost of time that I think really becomes the deciding factor or, or the, you know, what makes the, the ROI work for them. Exactly. Yeah, that's can, what, you can spin your yeah. wheels for a while. Exactly. I mean, if you're getting 200 resumes in, only 10% of those are qualified. So you just waste a lot of time looking at 190 resumes that weren't worth it. Yeah. I'm curious. So I came out of the tech space as well. What have you seen in terms of similarities, in terms of the recruiting process and you know how the industry works, how you source candidates, how you evaluate? And what have you seen as different just in terms of comparing what you were doing before with tech recruiting to cannabis? A big similarity is this is it's very similar to the early 2000s in tech. Okay. Yeah. Big jumps in salary right now. Special people moving west coast to east coast. And one example, a guy was making fifty five thousand as a dispensary manager, relocated to Maryland, is now making ninety one thousand. Wow. So, you know, a master grower recently went from I believe he was making seventy and now he's making ninety two. So there's big jumps in yeah. salary, just like there was in the tech industry in the early two thousands, because there's way more demand for these people than there are availability of these people because it's a new industry. Yeah. Yeah. People want to get in this industry, just like, you know, the fifth person in at Google is doing pretty good right now. People want to be the fifth person in at the <laughs> newest, biggest cannabis company. Yeah. So, you know, they're very similar in that aspect from IT of the early 2000s. A little difference is the owners and dispensary managers and cultivation managers seem to be from industries that didn't really use recruiting before. Oh, okay. So while the IT industry is very familiar with yeah. recruiting, they know its benefits and everything. Um, you kind of have to sell the cannabis companies more because um, these people may have been in finance or whatever, but a, a place they didn't really use recruiters and they don't understand the time is money aspect of you know why why our fee is worth it yeah. once you uh, realize how hard it is to find employees hire employees and retain employees yeah yeah you kind of have to wait for them to uh, suffer a little while <laughs> you know, yeah, have the pain before they realize that oh i should have done this 6 months ago exactly uh, i'm curious in terms of the market data where what are the big uh, what are the big roles that are in demand you mentioned uh, dispensary manager you mentioned master grower what's hot right now in terms of the cannabis staffing industry yeah, the the three different uh, you know managers: a cultivation master cultivator, a dispensary manager, and a master extractor are okay. the highest in demand. Okay, you know master extractors. Our most recent one was one hundred eighty thousand dollars a year. I mean, now this guy was a PhD and yeah. had worked for you know companies like Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. So he was, you know, <laughs> you know, and he was making that elsewhere. So it yeah. wasn't like he you know, jumped in salary, he just switched over to the cannabis industry. But people like that are starting to be required in the cannabis industry, especially as people and bigger companies trying to find new ways to come up with cheaper extraction methods, cheaper cultivation methods. Dispensary managers are just, you know, getting good salaries being plucked from the West Coast to the East Coast you know, from good brand names in Colorado oh, yeah. or California. Do you, see, do you see a lot of migration there of, of uh, people coming yes. from the Colorado, California groups to the, some of the new states? Yes, absolutely. Especially if they have, yeah. you know, a, a, a named dispensary they worked for that is kind of a national name already. So they can claim, oh, you know, I have uh, the dispensary manager from ABC dispensary mm-hmm. in Colorado or, or whatever, or Harborside in California, you know. So those do bring a lot of, uh, you know, big uh, demand, especially in newly licensed states. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Then of course, you know, you got your entry level workers, you know, uh, we get those who might get 10 at a time. You know, I need 10 cultivation site workers. I need, you know, seven dispensary agents. So those come in bursts 
but less frequent than the manager positions at this point. Yeah, I, I guess just I would imagine that finding kind of more day to day workers, there's there's other options. And I'm, I'm probably not looking at quite the quite the level of experience or training and you right. know, in terms of the, the value of recruiting. Uh, so if we look at the the bunt tender a little bit more, because I think, you know, my next question is really about uh, as so as this market grows and shifts. Right. And we go from essentially uh, selling cannabis to people that have had some familiarity with cannabis historically. Um, you know, they were, you know, users at some level or they knew the culture at some level and they're just kind of getting into it now that, that it's either medically or, or recreationally legal. As, as the market grows and we start to get people that really have no, no prior experience or exposure or maybe have very almost anti-cannabis kind of views or, or underlying assumptions or historical views and are kind of getting into it, how do you see this kind of bud tender role or, or how do you see that kind of developing? Because I think that the market growth is going to be an interesting sort of dynamic for the business. And I'm curious how you see the bud tender role or other roles changing as, as we shift to more of a general population, or as I, I like to say, you know, as, as middle America starts to use more cannabis, like, well, how is this going to shift the whole experience for folks? Yeah, definitely the bud tender, you know, they're going to be the educator of cannabis nationwide. Yeah. I mean, they're going to teach these people that haven't really used cannabis before and may, like you said, been anti-cannabis, that it actually works for whatever ailment they have. You know, we're starting to see a huge trend of senior citizens starting to realize that the topicals work really well for arthritis. Especially rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. So, you know, something like that is where the word of mouth is getting out. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the older generation is starting to become way more adaptive to it, we're seeing. And even in recreational markets, we still do our training because our saying is even in a recreational market, they're still looking for some type of medicinal relief oh, when yeah. you're purchasing cannabis. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's to sleep better, relieve anxiety, or just relax, you know, relieve pain. So it still works, you know, the same way in a medical as it does in a recreational. You're still looking for what that person really wants to get out of cannabis. Yeah, yeah. What outcome are they are they looking for? And how can I exactly. how can I help them select the right product and the right use and the right kind of model for, for getting them there? Have you seen any big shift in who is interested in becoming uh, a bud tender? The people that actually come to the courses or are interested in the courses? Yeah. In the beginning, it was, you know, a lot of people, I'd say mostly under 40 yeah. and 70, 30 male to female. Okay. Um, that, that switched. It's pretty close to 50, 50 male, female now. Interesting. Yeah. And I would say you're getting a lot more of the 40 to 55 year olds looking to make a career change. Huh. Now that they realize, I think the industry has been around long enough, they feel a little more comfortable that it's not just going to be yanked out from under them by the federal government. Yeah. So we get a lot of nurses and pharmacist assistants. They're in their 40s and, you know, are looking to make the switch. So that has been a change over the past couple of years, as well as the equaling out of male to female ratio. Yeah. Do you do any uh, particular kind of targeted advertising or focus for your courses in, in those areas from figuring how to target those folks? I mean, we would generally target people that have cannabis interests on like social media. Okay. So we aren't really targeting the medical fields per se, but you know, the, that cannabis interest seems to run the whole gamut of people. I mean, yeah. we've, we've had 70 year old doctors in our class as well. So, you know, it, it goes, you know, from 18 year olds up to 80 year olds we've had yeah. all through. Yeah. I can so, see that as particularly as, you know, as you're mentioning as, you know, the user groups of cannabis, you know, become more diversified and older generations and, and stuff that you, you need butt tenders that can, you know, effectively interact and relate to these customers. It's going to be tough for, you know, a 65 year old, 
you know, new cannabis user to walk into dispensary and talk to a 22 year old, you know, of a particular type, you know, it's like that, that's not going to work or it's going to be more difficult if I had, or if I had the choice, if I could figure out how to target that market with the right kind yeah. of blood tenders and dispensary experience, uh, you know, I'm going to see, you know, strategic differentiation, right? I'm going to be more successful. Oh, for sure. And, you know, dispensaries do hire what their clientele generally is. Yeah. So if their clientele is mostly, if they live in a senior citizen area, they will tend to hire older bud tenders. Yeah. You know, just like if they live in a mostly African-American um, yeah. community, they may look to hire, you know, more African-American bud tenders just because, you know, people relate to people that are similar to them and same lifestyle, live in the same area, yeah. that kind of thing. That relatability. I mean, like, I, I think at some level, there's a whole kind of retail science that starts to come into play here is how do we True. how to really figure out, OK, what is our target demographic? What kind of experience do they want? How do we message to them? How do we create physical environment, customer experience? What kind of information? How do we help them through the decision making? You know, I think a lot of a lot of what suspect we'll see in the whole kind of dispensary market is this real kind of starting to segment and starting to create different kinds of dispensary experiences based on the markets that I'm trying to address and the products that I'm trying to deliver. Absolutely. Especially as caps are lifted and recreational starts to come on board. And then, you know, you can have different dispensaries because you don't have a limit on how many are in the state. Yeah. So if I'm, uh, if I've been kind of thinking about getting into the cannabis market or becoming into a dispensary or a cultivation or extracting facility, like how would I, what advice would you give to people who are interested in getting involved? Certainly sort of taking the course and getting educated, but what else do you suggest or advise people to do if they're interested in getting involved in cannabis? Yeah, definitely education is key. You know, that definitely helps get your resume noticed. The other thing is, you know, be prepared to start at the bottom. You know, most people do take a pay cut when they switch over to the cannabis industry. But on the other side, promotions happen very fast in the cannabis industry. Yeah. You know, if you're a good worker, these companies are expanding quickly and they take their best workers from one shop. When they open a new shop, they make them the managers of their new shop. So, uh, you know, I've seen people go from literally $12 an hour to 70,000 a year in four years in this industry. Yeah. So you have to start at the bottom, but you can work your way back up quickly. Yeah. Sort of opportunity for growth, as we like to say. Yeah, absolutely. Good. So we're about at time here. Um, if people want to find out more about you, about Hempstaff, what's the best way to get a hold of you, get more information? Oh, yeah. You can visit our website, www.hempstaff.com. Oh, we have information on our uh, recruiting and all our dispensary training courses are listed there. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Awesome. James, this was a pleasure. I've learned a lot. I look forward to kind of keeping in touch and hearing how things are going. And maybe I'll show up at one of your courses sometime soon. <laughs> We'd love to have you. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.